The Memphis Grizzlies switched some things up lately. They had a player-led practice before the first home win of the season on Wednesday. But uh, the vibes after that practice were good. But can it lead to a regular season turnaround right when this team needs it most? We got to talk about that right here coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on everyone and welcome back to locked on grizzlies i am your host today the michael cole beat writer for the commercial appeal right here in memphis tennessee covering your memphis grizzlies want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every single day if you're every day we appreciate you make sure you continue to like rate comment subscribe uh everywhere you can get locked on grizzlies remember that's google Podcasts, apple Podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you want to listen, wherever you want to watch, Locked on Grizzlies is there. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app right now, create an account, and use the code Locked on NBA for twenty first purchase. Again, that's Locked on NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Well, it's been an interesting week for the Memphis Grizzlies coming up to this point. Uh, Joe Mullinax, my co-host, who's not joining me today, did a great job recapping the game, the win against the Utah Jazz on Wednesday. Uh, some two big games coming up this weekend. We'll talk about them later on in the episode on today. But before we get to those uh, games, we gotta we gotta kind of check the fervor, right? The temperature with the team, and uh, I, I have I think I have some good stuff for you guys on on today uh, because if you follow my coverage at commercialappeal.com. Uh, you've probably already read uh, what I wrote about this, but uh, this is kind of, you know, giving you guys an inside look at a recent player-led practice. So that's what we're going to lead the show off to today. We're going to talk about some line, starting lineup changes in our second segment. Then we're going to preview the Mavericks and the Suns game uh, before uh, we leave here on today. But getting to the top of the show, right? Uh, the player-led practice was a big deal. If you haven't heard about it, Here's kind of a glimpse into what happened, and then we'll get into the details. Basically, uh, Tuesday's practice came after the recent comments from Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose. Remember, Derrick Rose said this team has to communicate better. Marcus Smart basically, you know, challenged his teammates on the bench uh, during the loss against the Suns, I think it was. Um, wh- whoever it was, who the Grizzlies lost to last last Sunday. Uh, the Suns games was Derrick Rose. And then the next game, it was Marcus Smart on that Sunday. So, basically... What happened was the vets were frustrated. The vets, the vets got to the point where, look, we want to win, and you should want to win as much as us. Taylor Jenkins was a little bit frustrated. Uh, I think uh, most of the players were kind of in agreement with the frustration. You know, I, I asked the players about what Derrick Rose said. They all agreed to it, and it, it was the Minnesota Timberwolves game. That's who the game it was against uh, when Marcus Smart kind of delivered his speech on the bench. So with all that being said, Tuesday's practice came. Monday, the Grizzlies had an individual day. Tuesday, they had practice. And on Tuesday, it was different. It was a different practice. Uh, The assistant coaches didn't really talk. You may say, well, what's different about that? Well, usually at Grizzlies practices, the assistant coaches are loud. They are active. 
They are, uh, you know, the Grizzlies assistant coaches pretty much prioritize certain position groupings, and they are they are loud. They're loud and active. They were quiet. They sat back and said, "We're not going to say anything. I let the players do all the talking." Who talked that practice? It was Taylor Jenkins. It was the players who were on the floor. It was the players who weren't on the floor during the groups, during the groupings. It was the players who weren't even in. The Marcus Smarts who were injured. The Xavier Tillmans. You know, the Luke Kennards. It was everyone. It was an all-in group effort. And the point of this kind of player-led practice was this team has to communicate better. And it led to a win. It led to one of the Grizzlies' best defensive performances of the season. Now let's get a little bit deeper into it because I kind of want to debunk a couple of narratives, and then I want to add on a little bit to what we've learned from that. Let's debunk one of these things that I'm hearing a little bit. Uh, some people are saying the assistant coaches didn't talk at practice. Well, what are they here for? What are they good for if we're not using them at practice? Well, let me say this. And again, I always say uh, for our, our people who tune in on YouTube or the YouTube comment section, you are free to voice your opinion and, and we'd love to interact with you guys. Uh, or you can also follow me on X below at the Michael C. We can interact on there as well. But here's here's my thought on that. I thought this was actually excellent strategy from Taylor Jenkins as a head coach. As a head coach, you got to switch some things up when everything's not working. Shall I remind you on Friday after that Suns game, right? On Friday, what did Derrick Rose say? Derrick Rose said when he was talking about the communication, Derrick Rose said that he had been telling these guys over and over about how they need to communicate better. And he said, I don't know when it's going to click. Like, I don't, I don't know when the message is going to go through paraphrasing, but those were Derrick Rose's words, you know, in a nutshell. I don't know when the message is going to go through to you guys, no matter how much I say it. So as the head coach, if you have a similar feeling as Derrick Rose, if you and the assistant coaches running practice in similar ways, if that isn't working, you got to switch it up. And I thought it was an excellent way to switch it up because guess what? Not only with the assistant coaches quiet and Taylor Jenkins uh, doing some of the talking. That forces the players to talk. But not only that, the Grizzlies had the loud sounds, you know, basically similar to the in-arena game sounds. Like fans yelling during the game, they had that blaring on the speakers. So not only did players have to talk, they had to talk loud. They had to, they had to talk, you know, with assertiveness, with aggressiveness. Hey, you get there. Hey, left, pick. Pick left, wolf, wolf, guy behind you. They had to be assertive. And that was that was a strong way of kind of get this team, getting this team to communicate better, in my opinion. Because guess what? If the players weren't talking, then there were going to be mistakes. And then when those mistakes happened, the assistant coaches weren't going to say, hey, you missed that, you missed that guy there. No one went to the guy in the corner. The players had to figure it out. Taylor Jenkins orchestrated everything, but the players had to figure it out. Zaire Williams called it one of the hardest pack practices that he's had in his entire career. He compared that practice to a training camp. 
Zaire, Zaire Williams compared practice <laughs> to a training camp. And, and, and that's that's the best way that I can put it. I mean, it, it's it's as simple as that. He he compared it to, to, to training camp. And the Grizzlies during the regular season, you know, they get their work in and whatnot. Uh, uh, David Roddy basically used the words awkward, uncomfortable, meaning the, the Grizzlies are trying to get a little bit more comfortable with the uncomfortable. And then Derrick Rose basically said, it's a good start, but we got to keep doing that. We got to do it in the walkthroughs. We got to do it in more practices, all that leading into the games. And you say, well, how is all of this relevant? I said, one, I think it was excellent strategy from Taylor Jenkins. I know a lot of people uh, talk about, you know, the X's and the O's and things like that. And Taylor Jenkins' ability to kind of manage the roster or whatever the case may be. I thought this was an excellent idea from a head coach saying, man, I got to do something different. How can I get my team to communicate better? Because clearly that's one of our weaknesses. And not only is it one of our weaknesses, it's one of our easily most correctable weaknesses. The rebounding issues, the shooting issues, you probably can't improve them too much more based on the current construct of the roster with all the injuries and whatnot. But something as simple as communicating, you can improve that. And that's something you should emphasize. So he said, okay, assistant coaches, you sit back. I'm not going to say too much, but I'm going to orchestrate the practice. We're going to let these guys figure it out, not just figure it out. Uh, they're going to have to say, hey, you, you, they're going to have to hold each other accountable. They're going to have to call each other out, and that can translate to games. That's kind of what it did in that last game against the Jazz. So now we got to see where they'll go from here. That's why these next couple games, that's one of the reasons these next couple games are important because the Grizzlies are coming off arguably their best defensive performance of the season. And if you noticed in that Jazz game, talent aside, not thinking about uh, them missing Laurie marketing uh, and whatnot, but talent aside, the Jazz basically didn't get as many open shots or in Grizzlies terms, the Grizzlies didn't have as many defensive breakdowns uh, in this game as some of the previous ones. So it's a strong start. I like the idea of the player led practice. Uh, Taylor Jenkins said it was supposed to set a tone so far. It has, we'll see what happens from here. And where the Grizzlies go from here. Speaking of where the Grizzlies go from here, uh, Derrick Rose was one of two players recently added to the starting lineup. What does that mean for the Memphis Grizzlies? We're going to talk about that coming up next on Locked on Grizzlies. But before we get to that, I got to talk to you about game time. Because game time right now, go download the game time app today. Because, man, let me tell you guys a story. Give you guys a real quick story here about game time with me. I've been hearing all these people talk to me. Hey, when is John's first home game? When is John Morant's first home game? John Morant's first home game will potentially be December 21st against the Indiana Pacers. Everyone's trying to get tickets. Everyone's reaching out. Oh, how do I get tickets to the game? Blah, 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 blah. But guess what? Go download the Game Time app today. Because if you don't have the Game Time app today, not only can you get tickets like you can at other places, but you can use the code LOCK on nba and you can get twenty dollars off your ticket purchase look man if you want to get twenty dollars off a ticket purchase i can't think of a better time right now for grizzlies fans to do it damn john morant's potential debut against 
Tyrese Halliburton and the Indiana Pacers, a terrific point guard matchup. They the game time app right now is the place for you to go uh to get uh those great ticket experiences. Let me tell you a little bit more. Last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. They're easy to find and the tickets are easy to buy. And guess what? You get the view from all seats in the arena. So if you're saying, hey, what does Section 200 look like in this arena? What is Section 100? What are the courtside seats? What are the highest seats? You know, the nosebleed seats look like. Game time will give you the best view. And guess what? It's the lowest price guaranteed. Event cancellation protection and even a job loss protection is, is factored in as well. All you got to do right now is go download the Game Time app. Create an account and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. That's L O C K E D O N NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. And make sure you capitalize all those letters as well. Appreciate you guys for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies on today. Coming up next, we got to talk about some starting lineup changes. So stay tuned for that. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. I am DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee, the most beautiful land in the world. I want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every day with us. If you missed the first segment, we were talking about the player-led practice on on uh, Tuesday, leading into the game on Wednesday, the win on Wednesday, the first home win at that. So another key factor in that first home win, and, and Joe Molinax talked about one of these guys uh, recently, really talked about both, but he talked about one a little bit more. And he talked about apologizing to Derrick Rose, who's no, oh, Joe's been giving uh, Derrick Rose a hard time, right? You know, oh, he's old and oh, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? Derrick Rose, he, he, he's he got some of that, that shiftiness is still there. I mean, I, I told you guys before I was talking to Desmond Bain in the locker room one day, and I said, he's, he's going to make somebody fall real soon. And Des is like, yeah, man, he he's out there yanking guys. And if you're watching the Grizzlies, Derrick Rose has not had a problem when it comes to things like getting to the rim. He has been terrific in that area. He, he, I mean, his his ability to finish around the rim is not the same. But he's made up for it in other areas of his game. For example, if you go into Derrick Rose's stats so far this season, he is shooting 47.4% from the field, 42% from three-point line, 49% on two-point field goals. And they say, okay, what's what's the relevance in those stats? The 49% on, on field goals is pretty much the most since the year he was one of the top candidates for six-man of the year. 42% on three-pointers right now is where he is. That would be a career high for Derrick Rose. He shot 40% in 2021. Uh, he, I think he shot 38, 39% in 2020. So uh, there is, you know, like some relevance here to like, can he sustain this? He shot close around these numbers in the latter part of his career as he's become, you know, more of a shooter. He averaging over 10 points, uh, over three assists a game. We know he does not like turning the ball over 1.2 turnovers per game right now as he kind of figure out, he still say he's still learning these guys and whatnot, but, the Derrick Rose and David Roddy additions, one, I think that I, that was a good button to press for Taylor Jenkins. I was a little indifferent on the Santi Aldama move because, you know, uh, David Roddy replaced Santi. But let me tell you where it made sense. It made sense because the Grizzlies, now you put Santi on the bench, you get more bench scoring. I think with David Roddy and, and Santi Aldama, it's addition 
from the standpoint of Roddy enters the lineup, he's a better uh, defender, better one-on-one defender. If you watch that Jazz game, what stood out to you, what should have stood out to you on the defensive end as much as the team defense was David Roddy guarding Jordan Clarkson. Uh, that's one thing I like about David Roddy defensively. You can put him on the bigger guy. If you like a game tonight, he's probably going to guard Luka. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But he's probably going to get the Luka Doncic assignment in this game. And then uh, he, he can guard the quicker, the quicker, the shiftier guys like Jordan Clarkson. So David Roddy is, is a very versatile uh, defender for the Grizzlies. And I think he shot the ball well in that last game. We'll see how, you know, that continues to progress, how that continues to translate. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, some games he's going to shoot well, some games he's not going to shoot well. That's why you got to rely on the defense there. But Derrick Rose, his shooting is an addition because you got to think about who these guys are replacing in the line. Derrick Rose replaces Jacob Gilliard in the starting lineup. Not only in the starting lineup, but pretty much in the rotation. Jacob Gilliard didn't get uh, rotation minutes in this last game, so Taylor Jenkins kind of strengthened the rotation a little bit. Remember, he said he's focusing on nine-man rotations now. I know we've seen ten at, at a lot of times in recent years. Uh, I don't blame him for the way the roster is constructed right now. Again, with all these entries, stick the nine, play your best nine, go with it. So with that being said, uh, you, you get Derrick Rose, who's shooting the ball as well as Jacob Gilliard, and it gives you an, more of an offensive presence. When he comes off that screen, most guys know Derrick Rose will either get to that floater, the mid-range shot, or he can kick it out to the corners, or he can drop it down in the paint. With Jacob Gilliard, you can get all the assets uh, as a passer, but he's really not a scoring threat off the screen. And you saw teams, as the film uh, kind of got out, they didn't really respect it. They said, hey, if he's not going to take spot-up three-point shots, when he's driving to the basket, we really don't have much to worry about. And there was never really a threat there. So Derrick Rowe is giving you more of an offensive threat from a scoring and passing perspective. Teams don't know how to guard it. That makes the bigs more of a threat. That makes the shooters more of a threat. And that's why that's one of the reasons why David Roddy was able to have a better game. So I think putting those two in the starting lineup together, uh, you get the offensive a boost that the Grizzlies needed, but you get the defensive boost more than anything uh, with a guy like David Roddy uh, in for Santi Aldama. Santi Aldama came in the starting lineup, and he was really supposed to spark the offense, and he did that, you know, especially in that game against the Boston Celtics. But defensively, that's where David Roddy kind of claws his teeth. I've talked a lot about how uh, when Dylan Brooks was here, David Roddy was the guy he really took under his wing. Me and Dylan Brooks talked a lot about just uh, his one-on-one conversations with Roddy and how he – you know, just felt he had great potential as a defender. So adding those two to the lineup, uh, it, it shrinks your bench rotation. You know, as that I think uh, with Santi Aldama, that's your primary scorer off the bench. But the Grizzlies have also put Jalen Noel, you know, in the lineup. He's on a 10-day contract. But these next two games are going to be pivotal in terms of what Memphis does with him from here. I'm, I'm not really expecting, you know, him to be extended longer than 10 days because of the current status of the, of the Grizzlies roster. You got to remember. You got to remember this. Uh, not only the, are the 10-day guys, guys who are likely going to have to be removed from the roster, but once John Morant gets back on December 19th, Memphis will have to make another roster move in terms of someone's going to have to get cut. And they added Bismack Biombo to the roster, and, you know, there was some general thought about, oh, yeah, they add this guy to the roster, and after the first few games, he's gone. But Biombo has played well, so – Cutting bait with Biombo, the guy who's been the starting center uh, for the past couple weeks, would would be a a rough decision to say the least. So someone else is probably on the outside looking in. Uh, we're gonna figure out. We're gonna find out who that person will be. Uh, but with all that being said, 
the recent lineup changes put the Grizzlies in better position for these upcoming games. Speaking of these upcoming games, matchups against the Mavericks and the Suns are next. Two of the better teams in the Western Conference. How will the Grizzlies fare in those games? We're going to talk about it next on Locked on Grizzlies. But before we get to that, we got to talk to you about FanDuel. Because, look, right now, new customers – I don't think there's a better opportunity out there, and especially because FanDuel is America's number one sports book. But right now, new customers, if you haven't signed up and logged into FanDuel yet, you can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning on a $5 money line bet. It's very simple. Let's take the Cowboys and Seahawks game from last night, for example. You would have bet $5 that the Cowboys would beat the Seahawks, which most of us probably expected, even if you don't like the Cowboys, you Expected them probably to beat the Seahawks. But $5 money line bet on this, the, the Cowboys. And guess what? You get 150 bucks in bonus bets that you can utilize on FanDuel. Man, look, it's just not that many better offers out there than that. But it, FanDuel goes so much deeper than just a money line bet and things like that. There are so many ways and so many wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. And not just the NFL season, uh, boxing, football, college football, uh, college basketball, the NBA, and NHL, so much more as well. Uh, FanDuel will have you covered with all of these sports in all of these areas. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Make sure you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. Coming up next on Locked On Grizzlies, we got to preview these upcoming games. They're going to be some tough ones, so stay tuned. Locked On Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. My name is DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal here in Memphis, Tennessee. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies today. If you're just now tuning in, we talked about the player-led practice at the top of the show, uh, what happened, or what did it mean for this team, and what does it mean going forward? We also talked about some lineup changes and kind of viewed them from the similar lens. Derrick Rose in the starting lineup, David Roddy in the starting lineup in place of Jacob Gilliard, in place of Santi Aldama. Recent uh, rotation changes, Grizzlies playing nine guys right now. In the last game, uh, we just mentioned who the starters were, but in the last game, the four guys off the bench were Vince Williams, Santi Aldama, Jalen Noel, uh, and, and the fourth guy, I think was none other, none other than the one and only Zaire Williams, the guy who has kind of taken a Dylan Brooks role as one of the more polarizing players in Christian Nation. Some people still believe in Zaire Williams, and some of you kind of moved on. But with all that being said, uh, we're not here to talk about Zaire Williams right now. We're here to talk about the Mavs and the Suns, two really tough opponents, two games that will take place on the road, and two real, two real uh, good chances for the Grizzlies to prove that uh, that game against the Jazz wasn't really a fluke by any stretch of the imagination. So here's the thing. When you look at the Dallas Mavericks, right, uh, that's who the Grizzlies will play tonight, 630, Valley Sports. Uh, make sure you tune in there. But uh, when you look at this Dallas Mavericks team, they're 5-2 and two at home, but they're 5-5 five and five in their last uh, 10 games. And defensively, they have issues. They have issues now, and and that's the, that's kind of uh, been their thing right now. They're eleven and six overall. I think they've had a defensive rating over one twenty 
in close to half of those games. I think it's seven, it's six or seven games, uh, six games where the Mavericks have had a defensive rating over 120, and their record in those games is one and five. So defensive rating over 120, that's basically uh 120 points allowed per 100 possessions. And once the Mavs do that, they're pretty much toast. So um, it's the worst record, I think, amongst the teams uh, went with winning records in the NBA right now. This is a defense that the Grizzlies can potentially expose. We talk about how the Grizzlies have struggled offensively. So, I mean, that's easy for us to say because if you're on the Mavs side of things, you're basically saying, hmm, this Grizzlies offense, which is kind of the is which is 29th in the NBA in scoring right now, is a great opportunity for our defense to get back on track. That's what you're saying if you're the Mavs side. So depends on what side of the coin you're looking at here. But uh, with Derrick Rose in the lineup, David Roddy, uh, if he continues to shoot the basketball well like he did in the last game, you get a bench boost from Santi Aldama, Zaire Williams. Jalen Noel shot over in that last game. But I think, you know, just a hunch, he'll shoot better uh, going forward. So with all that factored in, this is, a, this is a game where if the Grizzlies can kind of duplicate maybe replicate a little bit what they did against the Jazz defensively. It's going to be tough. But if you kind of just put a, put together a, a decent defensive effort against this Mavs team, you got a chance. You, you got a chance, uh, to say the least. Now, the Grizzlies are, you know, heavy underdogs in this game, and they should be. They're 4-13. The Mavs uh, have been one of the better teams in the Western Conference. And not only that, uh, I mean, they're the two and a half games out of first place. They're 11-6. They have one of the best offenses in the NBA, led by Luka Doncic, led by Kyrie Irving, a terrific duo. I don't have to tell you how Grant Williams shot the basketball in the last game against the Grizzlies. Uh, Derrick Jones was another guy that shot well. Looking forward to seeing how the Grizzlies approach Derrick Jones in this game. And this is where we we talk about Taylor Jenkins and the adjustments that he's made. This is what I want to see. Because after that game, I remember talking to Zaire Williams. Zaire Williams said, man, you – Derrick Jones probably won't make five three-pointers in a game, you know, again. Like, that's something he hasn't done. So, uh, I'm I'm expecting the Grizzlies to kind of do slow closeouts to Derrick Jones Jr. early in the game. But we'll see how that kind of materializes, if he makes one, if he makes two, if he makes three. What I'm also trying to see is, we saw it in that last game, Grant Williams was wide open. And he, he made threes. Uh, those threes were results of defensive breakdowns. We just talked about the communication, right? The Grizzlies are trying to improve the communication. It's it's one thing to do it at home. Now can you do it on the road? Now can you do it, you know, uh, on the road in front of all those plans, you know, in the Mavericks arena? Uh, that's the next step. And defensively, they're going to have to lock in. The Grizzlies will have to lock in in order to win this game. I, I think that you throw uh, David Roddy on the Luka Doncic, and you, you're going to have to throw – potentially, you know, Desmond Bain on the Kyrie Irving. And, and you, hey, you, <laughs> it's it's Luka and Kyrie. So you, you're picking your poison one one way or another. But I think, you know, Desmond Bain, like he says, he's always going to give the effort on defense. Uh, and David Roddy, it's the same way. He's going to give the effort. He's big enough. Uh, he's going to just have to watch for the craftiness that Luka uh, plays with because you get over-aggressive against Luka, you're in foul trouble. And we saw that a lot, you know, with Dylan Brooks, you know, over the years in that matchup. So uh, that'll be an interesting game. And then another game that'll be interesting will be uh, that game against the Phoenix Suns. One thing that I'm interested to watch is 
uh, Devin Booker's potential availability for that game. The Suns with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant have been really good. I think their record is seven and two uh, when those two guys play together. Uh, but one of those losses was a couple nights ago, and Devin Booker uh, hurt his ankle in that game. He's listed as questionable for tonight's game uh, for the Suns. I think they're playing the Denver Nuggets. Uh, so he's questionable for that game. But here's why it impacts the Grizzlies, because if he plays in that game, then you got to wonder if he's going to play a second night of back-to-back after hurting his ankle a couple nights ago. If he doesn't play, then clearly he wasn't ready to play in that game, and now you got to wonder if he's going to be 70 75% in his upcoming game against the Grizzlies. Whatever the case may be, uh, the Grizzlies aren't going to get the Suns uh, at their best, You know, not just because Bradley Beal is out, but because uh, Devin Booker won't be 100%. Again, they're still going to be underdogs. Like This isn't me saying, wow, the Grizzlies should win either of these games. Uh, it's me saying that if you want to beat them, this is your chance. You have a better chance than initially thought when you looked at the roster and, and, and when you looked at the Grizzlies roster and you looked at all these injuries and you looked at the Suns and you said Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, or you looked at the maps and said Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, you had a better chance than initially thought. So uh, those both of those games will be interesting. We, of course, we're going to break down those games after the weekend. I'm looking forward uh, to seeing more than anything uh, David Roddy defensively in these matchups. I think uh, he has a chance to kind of you know, uh, solidify himself in that starting small forward role right now until the Grizzlies get uh, more guys back. Again, Taylor Jenkins is looking for continuity. He doesn't want to keep making all these lineup changes, but just the current, the current you know state of the roster has kind of you know forced his hand a little bit in that case. Thank you guys for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies on today. Locked On, and don't forget about Locked On Sports today because Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So you go tune in to Locked On Sports Today. You might see me on there. You might see Joe Monax. You're going to see Locked On Grizzlies. And you're going to see a bunch of other shows as well today on YouTube. So make sure you go subscribe because it's the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel make sure you go subscribe make sure you go tune in for that speaking of tuning in uh tune into these games this weekend as well and then make sure you tune into locked on grizzlies on monday because me and joe monax will be back together to recap uh these past two games and where the grizzlies go from here right now they're four and 13 so either they'll be four and 15 they'll be uh five and 14 potentially Best case scenario, they're 6-13, and 13 and we might be throwing a party on Locked On Grizzlies on Monday. So make sure you tune in because you never know what to expect between me and Dojo Mullinax. You never know what to expect. But until then, remember that Locked On Grizzlies is free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'll see you guys on Monday. Stay tuned for Locked On Grizzlies.